Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And we've got an episode that we've uh, put together for you guys. It is, what, one year? One year since? It's our birthday, our, our one-year anniversary our birthday, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. Uh, let's call it a birthday. Woohoo! Happy birthday to us! This is uh, when we decided to put on the headsets and squeeze out a podcast from the headset lady bits. And so, <laughs> what? Why are you laughing? It's true. It's birth, birthday, birth, lady bits. Got it. If, trust me, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> right on. So what you guys are going to hear is a collection of stuff that we thought, I don't know. Highlights. Highlights. I think it's a highlight reel. It's it's I think it paints a really good picture of all the different things we do. We have pieces from the unprofessional hours, so we have some funny stuff. We have pieces from some of the more serious episodes. We have pieces with, you know, really uh, sort of influential people in the industry. We have pieces from chats we've had with interesting RMTs. It's just I think it's a really it paints a really good picture of everything we do at two massage therapists and a microphone cool so sit back put on the headphones turn up the volume and uh you can get a taste of some of the stuff that we did in 2018 yeah. enjoy we want to hear all of the shit all the stuff that you don't talk to with anybody else but you just really want to get it off your chest we want to hear the rants about your profession and dealing with certain people we want to hear about the shittiest situation or the weirdest fucking situation you ever got yourself into i instructed him get between the lying face down between the two sheets yeah. cover yourself up with the top sheet i'll knock before i come back in i knock on the door i'm like are, are you okay for me to come in he's like yeah no problem i walk in he's sitting on the table on top of the two white sheets in his tidy whiteies holding his shoes I shit you not holding his <laughs> shoes saying my shoes my shoes what do I do with my shoes I'm like are you fucking kidding me like, <laughs> what the weirdest more? shit I've ever okay. seen but or I've had people I go through the entire in informed consent I let them know I'm gonna leave go wash my hands right you know get on the table in this position underneath the sheet blah blah blah, blah and I leave and then I come back I knock they know I'm coming in and they're either standing there or sitting on the table completely naked. Where did you want me to go again? They've listened to nothing. <laughs> so not that hard. You know, the guy with the shoes, maybe he was very, very <laughs> concerned that he missed an instruction from you where to put the shoes. But it made no sense because his clothes were just thrown on the fucking floor. <laughs> And he's like, what do I do with my shoes? Were these really expensive shoes? I like don't Italian know, leather? Like, I don't oh my know. Maybe he cared horrible. a lot about his shoes. It was weird as hell. Well, I've got a foot one for you. I used to treat this dude, and he'd only come in for feet. I just want, I want half hour or 45 minutes of feet. I'm thinking, fuck, and 45 minutes of feet. So, okay. Uh, 45 like, you know, minutes of feet. I don't know, man. His, his I feet, can do it. His feet were really, <laughs> I'm not a reflexologist, so I wouldn't fucking... And his feet were not even that big. He had, like, child's feet. So I'm like, I don't even fucking get what, what I'm going to do here. So this I'm like... This little piggy went to the market. Yeah. I'm like, okay, no problem, dude. And then I'm like, shit, this motherfucker's in sandals. And he's got those feet. You know those feet where you're like, he never wears fucking shoes ever. You can tell. So yeah. my feet, right? yeah. And so he pulls off his sandals, and it's just the dirtiest foot smell, like... 
Doritos oh, fucking smell God. ever. And then he All looks right, at me. Take that back. That's Not my feet. Sport right there. He <laughs> looks at me. He's like, right do you want me to go wash my feet? And I'm like, you know, dude, it's up to you. Whatever you want, I'm fine with. He's like, okay, I'll go wash my feet. And this is when my clinic was inside of a gym. So he went to the men's locker room. And I'm thinking, yeah, the motherfucker's washing his feet. He comes back out nice and he gets him. on the table. And he's like, I just put hand sanitizer on. I hope that's okay. What the fuck? So now I have the smell <laughs> of hand sanitizer <laughs> mixed in with that Dorito foot. cheese foot smell. I'm like, this is, the, I'm, I'm going to fucking die here. What did you do? Did you put gloves I, I, on? I, I put on some gloves and, oh, yeah, and I, I went to I wasn't went even going to do but, that. But I was <laughs> gross. Like, and yeah. then he rebooked. And then like the next day, the same thing, or the next time he came in, the same thing. Would you like me to wash my feet? I'm like, sure. You know, if you want to, go ahead. And same thing with hand sanitizer. I'm thinking, what the fuck? <laughs> so disgusting you know what i am i am very thankful then i don't think i've ever had dirty disgusting feet on my table it's, you know i that doesn't eat all the time and it i've only been grossed out twice that was one of them because it, like it, it was it was it was taking the paint off the walls like that's yeah. how bad his feet smell don't smoke dope that, yeah it's, it's bad it's marijuana it's bad stuff right but our generation and other generations obviously knew different and now and now people i mean this has been happening for a while where people have been trying to speak out people have been trying to legalize we right. have the march every year in toronto and, and all over the world i'm sure um but now it's coming to a point where we have an opioid crisis right. and this is from the medical community where they are pushing these pills. Yeah. So now people are starting to look at all natural and this has been happening for a while too, but looking towards all natural and cannabis is that, and it has, it can heal regardless of whether I should say that or not, it can <laughs> heal. And uh, we know the, the crazy amount of, of, of uh, benefits and yeah. it's it's hard to ignore now. You can't ignore it anymore. And there might still be people who do, but but one at a time, I'm slowly converting them. Yes. That's well, and that's the thing is it takes people like yourself and your husband who are doing something positive with it. Mm -hmm. And um, as I wrote in the blog, all of the research that's being done in different areas. Now, of course, more research always needs to be mm -hmm. done. Sure. But it definitely blows my mind that people are willing to accept a brand new pill mm -hmm. that has all of these claims with a list of side effects that scares the shit out of it, me. It's actually scarier, the side effects. The side effects than whatever are scarier it was I than was the going condition. through. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so people are very willing to try out this new pill. But now that cannabis is becoming more mainstream and as you said it's it's going to be legal very soon mm -hmm. well we're not sure what that's going to look like we're not sure what it's going to look like but october 17th is coming and um, i'm excited yeah and so I, I think that it's it is interesting that people are not willing to open their minds up a little bit to this because i i have yet to figure out what the downside is i have yet to figure out what the <laughs> downside is it's people needing to get rid of the stigma associated with the plant. That's sure. that's just the plant. Sure. Some people chose to smoke it. You're choosing to use it as a topical. Mm -hmm. Some people use it as an edible, but it's sure. it's a plant. Yeah. Sometimes, like my gran, you have to ease people into things. Right. Sometimes. <laughs> and with her, uh, my grandmother was on a lot of medications She's elderly. She's had multiple surgeries and take a wild guess at what they were giving her. I'll just kind of <laughs> leave it out there, but pills, lots of pills. And this is not good for her system. And all I kept thinking was 
her liver. She's old. We need to preserve all of these things with her. We need to give her natural things. You know, I don't want her on all these pills. I would like her to live happily and healthily in her, her rest of her years. Um, so we started with, uh, I believe it was her shoulder surgery and I didn't tell her what it was. I just said, I've got this stuff. I'm going to put it on you and you tell me what happens. Didn't say anything else. And I put it on and within three, she's Scottish. And within three seconds, she says, oh, oh, Ashley, my knee feels so much better. Oh my God, what is that? And I told her what it was. And I said, it's, it's cannabis cream. And she said, oh, I don't care. I didn't care if it was heroin. I, I'm, give it to me. And I said, okay, <laughs> perfect. So let's take some of those pills that you're on. Get you off those. I'll give you, can I just give the background real yeah. quick so I'm jumping in? I know Corby from way back when. We both worked at in the city of Toronto. It used to be broken up into suburbs that used to be considered cities. And one of them was Scarborough. And we used to work with each other at uh, Scarborough Day Camp, right? Yeah, but, uh, Parks and Rec. Parks, yep. Parks and Rec. Yep. Oh, sorry, that's not the proper name for yeah. it. What you got to go prop- back. If you're going back, you got to go back and tell it how it is. But what's the proper name for it? Because Scotty, the guy who used to run it, right. always used to be, you know, and he had a thick Scottish, he was Scottish, right? Yeah, he I was Scottish, so. yeah. And he had a thick Scottish <laughs> accent and, and, and we would all call it Parks and Rec, but he would he would be like, yeah. no, it's it's he would always want to use the I proper th- name. Think it was, I think it was called Scarborough Parks, Recreation, and Culture. Yes, Scarborough Parks, yeah. Recreation, and Culture Department. He was always, you know, very adamant about using the whole name. Anyway, so yeah. Corby and I used to work in, in uh, work for the city and then you went to Western because this yep. is probably the time, you know, when we're in our early years of university or the time between high school and university mm-hmm. and because it's a summer gig. And then Corby went to Western yep. I, in, in Ontario, southern Ontario, and I went to York University in right. Toronto. And, um, and then Corby and I hadn't seen each other for a long time. And then I'm sitting in a lecture hall at York University and then boom, in walks Corby. I'm like, what are you doing <laughs> yeah, here, man? That's correct. But yeah. not only that, I always tell this story to my wife who thinks it's, who thinks it's funny. And you probably don't even remember this. I don't remember the name of the lecture hall. It's not Stedman. Which one is the? It, it probably sits about seven hundred people. Curtis it's a Lecture Hall. Curtis Lecture, lecture hall. hall. Yeah, and it probably sits about seven hundred yeah. people, and they had these really crappy, you know, theater type of um, red seats. And, yep. And uh-huh. the courses that we were taking in Kin normally they didn't have more than three hundred people in them. Right. So in other words, this is this is kind of half the size of what's what's what the whole hall can hold. Uh-huh. And so no, normally you know people don't sit like right next to each. Other, yep. right? You reserve the spot for your bag, and your buddy would sit like two seats over, whatever the case right. is. And I remember Corby walked into one class, and I'm thinking to myself, one, I know that guy, and I thought he went to Western. And two, Corby sat down right beside me, <laughs> right beside me. I'm thinking, dude, <laughs> you must just sit in my lap. Yeah, yeah. You know, if I find a seat that's open, it's a good plot. Guess what? I'm parking my carcass right there. Man. I, I dig it though. I dig it though. Wow, you got a lot of you got a lot of letters. I got a few initials. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like an alphabet going on there. <laughs> All right. So give us the lowdown about sport massage. And when I say the lowdown, let's start at the bottom. Let's start with the idea that I'm a massage therapist. I'm listening to this podcast because every massage therapist should. And I really want to get into sport massage. I've, I'm into athletics. I'm into sport. Um, the appeal of working with teams and athletes is there because I can't be tied down to the 12 by 12 room that's got a dim light and it's, there's Enya's singing in the corner and the whole place smells like lavender. So give us the, give us the rundown if I, I want to, uh, I want to 
become a sport massage therapist? Where do we uh, start? The smell of lavender will change to a smell of sweat. <laughs> guaranteed. So it was really fascinating because it was a, a, some neurologists in the States that were asked by the U.S. Navy to study these impacts and figure out what they can do to try to prevent these seizures for these these deep divers and that is when they started to actually use the keto diet on navy seals because the ketones have such a protective impact on the brain that is super interesting yeah i just wanted to throw that in because i thought that was so cool Definitely. Mm-hmm. That's really, really interesting because Navy SEALs are crazy. <laughs> I remember I was watching on the Discovery Network because I'm, I don't know. I, I don't even know if the Discovery Network still exists right now. I was watching. The, I there's, a sh- there's a show called Fight Signs, and it's oh, super wow. interesting because, you know, they go through it and they kind of take different disciplines of fighting and they do the scientific measurements on it. Like who has the heaviest kick? Who's got the, the craziest punch? And they measure all of these things. So hence it's Fight Signs. Mm-hmm. And they did this whole episode on Navy SEALs and how Navy SEALs are just a different being. Mm-hmm. So uh, the quick example that I'll give. So they have, they have an obstacle course that someone has to do. And at the end of it, they have to fire off three rounds of their gun and hit a target and this whole thing is timed and you know the navy seal does it great time great shots everything else and then they dropped him in ice water and then they tried to induce that state of hypothermia yeah they couldn't even get him to the point of hypothermia are you kidding me he was that in tune with his body that he prevented himself from going into that state yeah and since they gave up on that from having him being in in this tub for a very long time they said okay let's just go do the obstacle course anyway and see what happens and his timing was no different his uh the accuracy of his shots were no different it is insane so it makes a lot of sense that you know that the testing would happen with with uh, supreme beings like that for sure <laughs> they're superhuman <laughs> yes definitely tons of tons of people do not do a kegel properly we most mostly what we see is people just squeezing their butts together <laughs> yeah. together or like bearing down Drive the perfect kegel perfect kegel yeah so when i feel the kegel because i am doing this internally i want to feel squeeze that squeezing of the muscles um around the urethra so that spinteric squeeze to prevent leakage so you want that feel that squeeze together and i want to feel lift because the pelvic floor not only does it block off the urethra it squeezes it closed when you like have that extra um pressure of like a cough or a sneeze it also is lifting up your organs that's why that organ prolapse can happen yeah exactly so we want to feel that lift we want to feel those muscles lifting up the organs yeah so i always um tell tell women that if you are thinking to try to do a kegel because oftentimes they're like i'm like okay let me see what your kegel looks like because i just want to see what they would try first and they're often like um i don't know maybe this right and they'll just try something and then i usually just say okay so imagine as if you're picking up a blueberry with your vaginal opening and you're trying to lift it towards your belly button is sometimes the idea um, that we try to say. Visualization usually really helps. It's an automatic muscle. It's really hard to voluntarily control. And that's why it's so difficult to be like, do the contraction. It's not like your biceps where you can just kind of squeeze it. And they can't see it. They don't know what's going on. They often have a lot of trouble um, being like, did I do it? Did I do it right? It, yeah. Did I did I do the contraction? Did it happen? And I'm like, yeah, sometimes. Or sometimes I'm like, no, I didn't really feel much. And they're like, well, I'm trying something. So there's actually a lot of uh, uh, a huge connection with like the mental aspect of it and their awareness of their muscles. So yeah. a lot of it's practice to get to get to know what feels right and what an actual contraction is and then being able to isolate those muscles. 
and trying not to just squeeze your glutes together or just squeeze your abs down, getting the right muscles to contract. How so. would you describe it for men? So for men, what I say is that feeling of going into a very cold lake where your balls just one. go straight up. That's what you want to feel. That is your pelvic floor doing that, yeah. bringing them towards the warmth. I'm doing them right now. You're doing it right <laughs> now? Yeah, is right it now. working? Yeah, I think, so. yeah. I think so. I think so. Very cold see, lake lake down there. you have better <laughs> feedback because you can see what you're doing. Yeah, with females, you're like, am I doing it? This is going to sound really stupid, but... Because I'm curious, mm-hmm. because you guys are in the cannabis world. Yeah. What do you think of Cheech and Chong? Oh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Like, does that ruin it for for the cannabis business and this very legitimate stuff that you're doing with your products and your pain products? Like, does the Cheech and Chong wreck it for you? Does the Dazed and Confused wreck it like for Snoop you? Like Snoop Dogg and all that? Yeah. Um. No, not at all. Not at I all. think um people think that as a stigma, like this is, but I think they're in the space too. They can use their platform to now educate and kind of show like, see, I told you so. Like there's nothing, all that stigma and all that bad stuff that maybe you think and view them as. It's like, they're just regular everyday people. There's the two words, um, medicinal use and therapeutic use. But I don't like using those two different terms because then you see, oh, well, But they're meaning the same thing, right? They're the same thing. It's all therapeutic. If Ashley's using it for medicinal purposes... And I'm using it for therapeutic purposes or Cheech and Chong and Snoop Dogg or whatever. You can't label it as, well, Ashley needs it because she has Lyme disease and she needs to whatever. So she has the right to so use it. So she has the right to the use other it. other person doesn't. But right. if I've had a long day and I want to kick back, I don't have kids, but let's say the kids go to bed. Yep. I want to kick back, have what people do nowadays, have a glass of wine or a whiskey. There's nothing wrong with, you know, having a smoke or an edible or whatever you want to do to just kick back take the edge off and go to sleep. Mm-hmm. So, so Chin Chong, Snoop Dogg, go for it. Like they're just there to help educate even more and empower people. So. Right on. Cause I think the last person that we spoke to, I, we brought that up briefly and uh, they had a slightly different tune about it. Or maybe I'm, maybe I should listen to my own podcast a little <laughs> more frequently. Or maybe that was in my head that they had a, a little bit different of a tune about maybe, it because yeah. they're like, you know what, that that's kind of like an old school way of thinking about things that kind of comes with, with the whole stigma of, of cannabis use. And it's, it wasn't in line with what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And they're like, this is that kind of hinders us in terms of getting our message out in in a, in a super positive way without having this negative knife stabbing it stabbing, in the back. Yeah. yeah, and that's just what I was meaning about this. There's even a stigma between therapeutic, or sorry, the stigma medicinal. between medicinal, medicinal and recreational, right. as if one has a bad rap. Like yeah. a bad idea that if I'm recreational, then you're, oh, then that you're that stereotypical that yeah needs it. So I really hate labels. Tell me about the weirdest scenario that has come along with having a home-based business, because I can imagine that can get weird really fast in comparison to being in a clinic, you know, with a lot of staff, a receptionist, other practitioners. But when you're at home by yourself and it is your home, give us an idea of some of the weird shit that happens. Uh, so. Some examples that I've experienced are, um, well, it's generally not usually in my clinic. It's actually prior to it. So it's uh, the messaging that happens before. Uh, I've I had a... Wait, before you go on to this, is it... Is this mostly dudes or is this... It's dudes, It's yeah. dudes. It's, it's, this is not a, a, a chick thing. I shouldn't say chick, but whatever. It's the unprofessional. This is not a chick <laughs> thing with you, right? It's a dude thing? Yeah, it's a dude thing. All right, let's hear, how, sure. let's hear how fucking weird dudes are. So I had a guy messaging um, inquiring about a massage. 
Actually, no. First, his uh, his first initial message was, um, "I'm having problems, and I need your help." How did he, How did he find you? I believe it could have been my website. Okay. Uh, yeah, it could have been my website at the time. So, which I also removed. And your website is a pure. It's therapeutic. I don't know where you would. Everything get. looks legit on your website because it's a legit business, right? Yeah. So, it, I go to your website, and then which is not there anymore. But if I were to have gone to your website, I'm assuming it is just like, "Hey, this is massage therapy. You also offer some other services as well, therapeutic." services as well as health wellness stuff so i'm on your website and i'm thinking okay this is a legitimate thing and then you and then and then what happens so then uh he's inquiring and then his comment so i'm like what can i help you with and then his first thing was i'm having problems with my dick (laughs) and i'm like excuse me (laughs) i can't get it hard (laughs) is is, is this is this a text message yes Yes, it's through WhatsApp, actually. Well, that's even worse. Yeah. And um, so he's messaging. And I'm like, I'm sorry. You obviously are barking up the wrong tree. That's not the services that I offer. And then he's like, well, um, I can see from your picture I found you. And uh, you look more like a porn star to me. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, okay, uh, that's great. But what does that have to do with my professionalism based on my looks? Yeah. And uh, he's like, uh, he's still kind of persistent. And I said, please refrain from messaging me. Like, I blocked him off WhatsApp. Yeah. Because he was just becoming a little like too aggressive. Can I ask you a question about his WhatsApp? Because with WhatsApp, there's there's a there's a profile picture, right? Yeah, I don't was recall it, was it actually one. a picture I don't of think somebody? So. No. Okay. And then, um, I because I guess only if you save them. Yeah, that's right. If they're if, you they're, save if them. they're on your whoa, so that means he's taking your number that he found off your website. Yeah. He saved it into his phone, and that's the kind of the only way that he knows that this is a mobile number that, and it shows up on his WhatsApp. Then mm-hmm. I'm assuming. Yeah. That's fucked up. And then, um, did he say what the problem with his dick was? Or did he just say he like, just couldn't get it hard? Is what he said. He's, he's having problems getting it hard. I'm having erectile <laughs> issues. Yeah. <I'm> gonna... Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. And then so I um. <laughs> I told him, you know, please refrain from messaging me and whatever. I blocked him. And then he contacts me on my email and he call- he's calling me a bitch. He's like, you're a bitch. How dare you block me? What's the time frame from... from Shortly him- after, like maybe an hour. So he's, he's, he emails you to your business email yeah. within the hour to call you a bitch. Yeah. I wish I could pull it up actually. Though. I might. You know, it. Yeah, see if you have it. That 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 really sucks because being a female therapist, you must you must get tons of that. Do you do you still do you still sing and stuff? Yeah, brother. Give me, give, I should <laughs> give, me, give me something. I know these 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 aren't the greatest for um music audio mics that we got going on. You're killing me, man. You're give, killing give me. Give me something. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> you know the funny thing is, so when I wrote to you and I said, yeah, uh, I was at a I was at a wedding on the weekend and it was my brother in law that just got married. Yeah. And I like I don't drink because it dries out my throat. And <laughs> as soon as I, I sang I sang the first dance song and it and it and it everyone was like, Okay, now you can drink, let's go. And I probably had I, I had a couple I had a couple drinks. Yeah. A couple drinks, a couple yeah. shots. And it messed me up. Wait, 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 what's your what's your drink of choice when you're doing that? <sighs> my drink of choice I love me some Ryan Ryan Ginger. Yeah, yeah. Um but the the bride's family, they love shots of scotch and I'm like, oh, people okay. are <laughs> <laughs> not you people but just you guys are just a little bit too much yeah. but I, what i do i, I drank it what like why <laughs> why and i know exactly so i woke up the next day and i felt like shit and i looked at my wife i'm like i, 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 I don't know what's going on <laughs> what was what was there i i know i don't want to say i don't want to ask because it's kind of weird yeah. what was there a first song what was the song you sang that the answer at the wedding yeah 
Oh, it was. Uh, I, 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 if we're ruining their moment, yeah, yeah, and no, we're taking I, away the specialness no, of no, two no. people that are coming together for it, a lifetime, it, for the lifetime, um, of, then of don't linking, do it. But, 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 if they're never going to listen to this, then what was their song? <laughs> it was, it was, by, it was by Tamia. It was like an OG song. It was, um, uh, it was uh, so into you by Tamia. Uh, I'm so. Just, it was, I'm just waiting. Do you want me to count you in? No. Is this a? Is this a is, no. Uh, is this a four-four time signature? I assume so. No, no, no. It's let definitely me, not a waltz. It's here, not a how about this? Four. How about this? Let me do. Let me do another song. <laughs> because that one was it. It was it was done in a way where it was all falsetto, and I don't have my falsetto gotcha, now gotcha, because gotcha, okay. right now my voice. But is, you know what? Can you? Because I play music. You're a musical yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. Can you just tell you everyone what a falsetto bit. is so they have an idea? Right, right, right. <laughs> falsetto for a, for a male is almost like uh, you singing like a like a girl. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a different register, and you'll you'll notice it if you sing in your chest voice, so yeah. like in your normal um, resonating voice, and if you try to get higher and higher and higher, your voice will just flip. Yeah, and that that flip up until you you can't go anymore is your falsetto. I'm thinking of the best example of this. Maxwell. Yes. Maxwell sings a lot of yep. like falsetto. Justin Timberlake used to Justin do that Timberlake. a lot. Yep. Yep. Uh, there's a couple other artists. And Lenny Kravitz it, it does, very... used to do a lot in his early work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he's all like, I just go my way. Yeah, yeah, man. But uh, yeah, but I... when he did his, I know this turned into the musical hour. <laughs> when he did some of his earlier work on his first two albums, so I came. The first album was Let Love Rule, and the Let second, Love Rule. The second yeah. album was Mama Said. Yep. There were there were there was and a, then five was after I think. Uh, was it, was it shoot, five? I don't remember which one. Anyway, was after. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, there was a lot of falsetto stuff on there. I like Lenny a lot. I personally think Lenny is a better neo soul yeah. artist than yeah. he is a rock artist. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think he should just stay in the neo soul yeah. world, and he will kill it yeah, even totally. more than he is as a, as a rock totally. artist. But totally, what do I know? All right, so give us, give us a, give us a, give us something, Shit. and then we'll call it a wrap. Shit. Okay. He's looking at me like. And the, and no, and the funny thing is, like, <laughs> no, no, no. And the funny thing is, it's like, um, whenever you ask someone to sing, it's that moment where people. Like are, are, like they're going through the rolodex of songs <laughs> in their head, and they're trying to think of like the, the song that they can not mess up. Um, but uh, hold, okay, hold on, hum something, hum something, hum something. Yeah, no, this is just this is like a commercial break as I start to think. So yeah, you talk about something. Talk about something. I'm just gonna just I'm just gonna TikTok until you you come up with something. I just need just need a couple notes here, a couple notes there. What was that? Th- what was the last thing you heard on the radio on your way in here? Oh God, or your man. stereo, or your earbuds, or whatever it um, was. Uh, shit. How old's your child? How many kids you got? Two? I have two kids. I have two okay, kids. Okay, and one and three. The youngest one, the one year old. You yeah. saying something very recently to the one year old or with the one year old? I did. You must have. I, oh, I, I got I got a one year old too. I sang this morning. It was Yo Gabba Gabba song. Yo Gabba Gabba, right? which who someone by the way, one a kid thought that I was Yo Gabba Gabba because my glasses. They thought you were. Uh, I thought I was the guy. I didn't. DJ have, Lance. Yeah. DJ Lance I didn't have the toque on my head, but they were like, <laughs> Ah, Yo Gabba, and like I was like, What? I didn't know. I didn't, like I don't watch the show, but you should. They. Um, I don't think it, they'd make new ones anymore. But it, no, it's no, awesome. No. Kids are amazed by it. That could be my next Halloween Okay, so give, okay. give me something you say um, to the one year old. Uh, even oh, if it's even if it's Twinkle Twinkle, I'll take it. Oh no no, let me give you something good. Man, I know time's going. I know, I know, but let I me just let me give you something good. Of your voice. Um, ever since Monday, you came into our lives, and you made us realize that you were born to butterfly. This is from FST. Nice. And you showed us everything, new possibilities, and you proved 
I forgot the words, but I changed it up. <laughs> anyway, it's her philosophy that love can really be. Let's go to a place only lovers go. To a spot that you've never known. To the top of the tree with flow. That's it, man. Wow. Yo. Yo. That's not a whim. Okay, that's good. My voice is shut. Well, nice. well, I think that is a good place to call it a wrap, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that is that. When you're in that mode, sir, you are deserving to be called Robert Glean. <laughs> and I've been excited about this for a while. We have Andrew from the RNTAO. He's in our space today, sitting down in our office, sporting a headset, some glasses. Give me this look of seriousness right now. <laughs> I myself used to be a personal trainer. Uh, I still do some stuff in fitness, but I am a registered massage therapist here in Toronto. And so today we are talking with a guy who is, um, who's dedicated his life to fitness, both um, as a trainer and um, he also has a side project that he's going to talk about today as well. So I'm going to stop talking now and hand this over to Brian. Why don't you introduce yourself to everybody, who you are and what you're up to? Thanks, Amanda. I'm Brian. I am a, a private personal trainer. I go into people's homes and train them. Um, I generally... Uh, help people who are not fans of the gym they're they're uh, not uh, they don't like the gym atmosphere or they're too embarrassed to go to the gym and I help them train them in their homes um, feel make them feel a little more comfortable with, okay. with the whole workout process and also I have my side project as you mentioned of uh, called days of inspiration uh, which uh, is near and dear to my heart it's uh, talking to people who have overcome huge obstacles through fitness whether it be through um, uh, someone who's battled cancer or uh, just someone who's been you know, diagnosed with uh, any heart issues and uh, they've beaten whatever they've uh, had to come through. Okay. Uh, well, what about you, Brian? Where did, where did this love of fitness start for you? And did it start with you the way it started with me? And the way it started with me was Saturday mornings. WWF <laughs> is where it starts. I swear to you. I swear to you. You guys I, are so old. I swear to you. <laughs> I, it's true. I, I yeah. am old. That's where it started for me to see Hulkamania rip off his shirt, which, by the way, was cut at the top. The color was cut. Of the color collar was. <laughs> was cut. And uh, so which made it easier for. But nonetheless, Hulkamania would rip off his shirt and then he would make his pecs jump to his theme music. And that's where. That's where it started fitness with me. I think I've caught you doing that in the mirror. <laughs> anyway, so Brian, is that is that where it started with well, you? Well, <laughs> I am a big fan of wrestling, so I would say that's part of it, I would say. Um, but uh, I think the real uh, start to my love of fitness and bodybuilding was in the late 80s, uh, looking at the mag- Flex magazines, muscle and fitness, yes. stuff like that. Right. And strangely enough, it was, for me, I was more interested in uh, the female aspect of it how does this work can we play can we can we role play this oh my gosh like i have my okay. pen out i'm like because <laughs> yeah. usually i write like a million notes when i'm talking to someone because i want to take it all in right. so it might be a little bit i'm gonna put amanda on the spot yeah. but this has suddenly right. gotten very serious all right so did like, we say this wasn't about me well, <laughs> that's good I don't um all right so let's play this out let's role play this all right you you have the you've recognized that you have these the, this time management issue maybe you don't even know it's time management issue because your coach just told you it was so you know at, you don't even know what it is and you find eva how would they find you by the way well i'm 
slowly making my way online, but now, right now, it's like word of mouth. Okay. So, so, but Amanda, I, again, I just want to back up because you said because Eva told you self care. I would never tell someone yeah. what it is they're going through as a, as a life coach. You're kind of guiding them to discover things on their own. Perfect. Because yeah. if, if we replay this, I actually did say time management on my own after talking out loud. I just said self care yeah. because I was like it's part of <laughs> the balance. But again, yeah, you're kind of guiding the person towards discovering things on their own. That's what a life coach mm-hmm. is there. There's mm-hmm. a better way of saying it, right? Because again, I'm not going to tell someone if someone's like, tell me what to do. Right. Like, I I can't necessarily be like, okay, Amanda, you're going to like get up and do this. It has to be realistic for your life to actually make the changes happen. Okay, so That's really I just got important. coached that I don't listen very well. That's what happened. <laughs> I've been telling you that for 10 years. All right. I don't know what happened. I've had a few of these moments in my life where I just kind of look inward and I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm actually not helping any of these people in the way that they actually need help. So, you know, people were booking a year out because they wanted every second Wednesday at 6.30 or like, so I had a bunch of those people that just basically, they come in for maintenance. So after doing a couple of years of that, I was like, why aren't these people, why are these people always coming back? You know, we get them to the point of like four weeks, six weeks, two weeks, whatever it is, right? But why can't I help them? just not see me. I don't want to see them regularly. It's good for my bank account to like have all these ongoing clients, but I actually felt like really sick that day because I was like, I've been stealing these people's money for so long. Yeah. So that really just made me think like I need to change what I'm doing and I need to go and learn from some people that are just know way more than than I do. And one thing that I, I believe in is like looking at the body as a global picture mm-hmm. instead of trying to isolate out things. And just looking at like a shoulder is like a shoulder injury. It can relate to anything in the body. If you understand the patterns of it and you understand biomechanics and you understand how posture or alignment, it's a charged word right now, (laughs) can like play a role in those patterns. And so I've just dedicated, I guess, the last six years to traveling and taking courses. Um, that's, That's what it's been about. This one. This one like my blood boil because it was so annoying. So I worked at a clinic and, um, I had a guy, uh, and he was fairly regular. I think I was seeing him every few weeks for about two years. Um, And so he loved my massages, and that was great. Until the time he came in with a piece of paper. So he booked a 90-minute massage. And he came in with a piece of paper, literally breaking down each body part and how long he wanted me to spend on each part. <laughs> See, like, that to me is weird. That like, would be weird. <laughs> like down to like, okay, I want my big toe pulled for six seconds i want my yeah like my i want my neck worked on for four minutes and then i want you and then and then my i want my mid back worked on for two minutes so i did like i was just i was in such disbelief <laughs> that during the treatment like just for fucking spikes i'm like you motherfucker i would literally like massage so i'm like massaging massaging i would stop like pull up the paper <laughs> you're like and next okay your foot put the paper down pump pump some more lotion do it and i'm literally like okay three minutes go back to the paper okay your quad okay pump some more lotion because i'm like if you want me to fucking break it down like this then i'm gonna take my goddamn time <laughs> Like I'm gonna do. I'm gonna make sure you know each individual part and how many minutes I've been on there already. You fucking okay. Guys. Before you actually got into the treatment, when he came in with this recipe for you, yeah, yeah. How did you respond? Like, what did you say to him? I literally looked at him and I was like, "Okay, 
like, like I would have like, thought he was joking. Like, what can you say? I was just like, okay. And he was very, he did have like a very, not a, not, not a dominant personality, but like a, like I know what I want and I'm going to get it kind of thing. So I was just like, okay. So I, and of course, as soon as I close the door, I find, I find my colleague and I'm like, look at this fucking face. <laughs> and then so my colleague was like, what, what is that? I'm like, it's the fucking massage that he wants broken down body part by body part minute by minute and he's like you know he was like you're not actually gonna do it i'm like oh i'm gonna fucking do it <laughs> i'm gonna fucking do it and i'm gonna let him know each part and for how long i've already been hanging out there so did, did he rebook no i didn't yeah. i didn't know i wanted to do massage either i was dating a girl all through no 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 all through uh, through kind of yeah <laughs> i was dating a girl near the end of university and we were both in our kin program and she was planning to do massage therapy the following September. And at CCMH, you had to take like a one day course or an evening course, like an intro to massage yeah. at that time, yeah. just to give you an idea. Yeah. And she's like, will you come with me to this? Like, I know you have no interest in it, but will you come, will you come with me? And I was like, yeah, cool, whatever. I'm your boyfriend and it's probably better that I'm there than you you because i didn't know anything about massage therapy <laughs> better than you touching up some other dude right i don't want you getting all, getting all cozy with some other man <laughs> while i'm at work anyway so i took the course with her and it was kind of interesting i'm like this is kind of cool i can kind of i, I kind of dig this this is when they were uh, on young street in north york yeah. and uh then we split ways and then i went and had my life as a, as a trainer and a kinesiologist and then i i got engaged and my engagement fell to shit. And I really fell in love with alcohol at that point. And then I found myself in Miami for, for like Christmas and New Year break. And this is when um, Britney Spears and uh, who's that dude that Better she did? And they, we, they were married for like a second. Oh, no, that's not. Who, who's the dude? I don't know. Her friend. Oh, you're testing me on pop, pop culture. Jay. I don't know. Anyway, whatever his Go name on. is. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm just trying to think of the timeline. Because I'm sitting in one of the hotels in Miami. It's eleven o'clock in the morning, and at this point, I'm like a heavy drinker because I'm just depressed about life. I'm smashed. I, I wouldn't let them take the Corona bottles away because I want to know how many I've had by right. the end of this time. It's eleven in the morning. I've got fourteen empty Corona bottles Jeez. lined up in front of me, wow. and I'm just sitting there. My buddy comes, uh, meets me down there, and he's looking at me. He's like, "Dude, like, okay, we're on vacation now. I understand what's going on." What are you gonna do when you go back? And I said in a very drunken stupor, I'm like, I'm I'm gonna go find a place where I can meet girls. I'm <laughs> I'm going to massage school. That was you it. went to massage school to meet girls. <laughs> I made that decision on a drunken stupor because that was the morning that I found out Britney Spears broke up with that guy. That's where that's how I remember. Anyway, so and then I was wondering like, how Britney Spears fit into yeah, this because <laughs> the bartender was talking to me. But anyway, as soon as as soon as I came back, I shit you not, I I jumped on my dial up <laughs> and I researched schools. CCMH was the first one that came up. You'd already I been made there. an appointment like the week later. I walked in. I'm like, I see you guys have an accelerated program for people that have. Uh, Health, health science backgrounds. They're like, yeah, it's a one-year program, but because you've been out of university for five years, you'd have to write exams. Like, we're, we're not just going to grandfather you into this. You'd have to write exams. I think to myself, 
oh, well, I can either fucking write these exams, like, or I can just sit back and let school be a breeze. So, like, I kept my job as a personal trainer. I actually used to have to wake up at, like, 5 in the morning to go train two different people in two different locations before school, go to school, sit through class. I'd fall asleep every regional anatomy class. It was yeah. horrible. Uh, <laughs> I fell asleep the, in ethics. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That ethics class is good. But I would fall asleep all the time, but that's how I ended up in massage therapy school. In a drunken stupor, I'm like, how am I going to meet a lot of girls really, really fast? And look at me now. Did, did you I've meet a, a lot of girls? Podcast about <laughs> massage therapy. Actually, I have, a, I have an unrelated question, not about you meeting girls. The ex girlfriend you went to the intro class with, yeah. did she become an RMT? No. Massage therapy is underestimated in the sense where we do a lot if we're doing it right. The ones that don't, really put a lot of effort into their treatments and don't care that they're making a little because to them 30 is still a lot of money if they're just kind of you know lotioning you for an hour sure like that's their that's their alternative like that's their motive they want to just get by so this is a therapist problem so this is this is this is you just made me go down a whole other fucking path guess what massage therapists don't fucking complain about massage acts because they're your colleagues who are deciding that this is okay and this is something that they're okay doing and they feel like it's valid they feel that $30 meets their value so at the end of the day if massage therapists didn't have this mindset at least the ones that work there like these are your fucking colleagues right so yeah. this is a massage therapy problem because if no massage therapist thought $30 was okay then you couldn't get somebody to work there and these places can't exist or they see but this is the fear yeah and this is the fear though I've had so many conversations with massage therapists or just people in general and they've asked me they're like do you think that this is going to be what clinics are going to be nowadays that it's just going to be the same type of concept as massage addict and that all these other clinics physio chiro whatever they're all going to go down the same line it's all going to be this cheap rate because they're all in competition because at the end of the day you know as a consumer you're going to look for the best cost you're going to look for the best price and massage addict unfortunately has one of the competitive rates for massage so like what are you going to do how do you fight that i disagree with you there i don't think i don't think a lot of consumers i don't think the majority of consumers or people that consume massage therapy are looking for the best price you don't i don't i don't believe that i think people that are really into getting massage therapy treatment um and when i'm saying massage therapy i'm talking about treatment right i'm not talking about getting a massage i'm talking about mm-hmm. seeking treatment they are they are going to be very particular about where they go they're going to be very particular about their therapist and that's why you probably had you know a very steady clientele wherever you went whether it was wherever you worked whether with the massage yeah. act you worked at or the physio place you worked at or the chiro place is because you did good quality work right so yeah, i think definitely. i think a lot of people are i mean there's definitely the bargain hunters and that's fine but i think people that get massage therapy on the regular they're more in tune with what massage therapy does for them and they're willing to pay for it so in terms of having the fear that you know massage therapy is going to go down this road and follow this business model i don't think so at all i don't think massage addict threatens any business any massage therapy clinic any chiro clinic any physio clinic any clinic that's running the same types of programs i don't think that business model is threatening one bit someone that's no, going to go to massage yeah. addict is not going to go to your clinic that's that's a given that's oh, a given definitely. you're not you're not missing out on anything there because that's a piece of the pie that you were never going to fucking get anyway <laughs> have you had anything that like you just didn't know how to handle like a weird request you know like we were talking last time about people who just have like weird demands or weird requests like mm. anything like that i've just had a lot of um, like an influx of people men working on their adductors and they're just 
like this whole area and like very I've been getting a lot of clients who are very free with the sheets it's okay I don't need I don't need the sheet or I don't need to be draped so tightly and I'm like okay like I can't not drape you like it's part of my profession and like why are we gonna make this awkward you know like Mm -hmm. let me just do my job and um I've had a lot of I've had a not a lot a couple breast massage requests for breast massage just area intimate areas that I as a therapist absolutely will treat you if there's like a medical reason but you know and there's not you're like (sighs) like what are your real reasons for wanting a breast massage you know that also might be like uh where someone's from so I agree. I, yeah. So European people, it, the yeah. full body massage is a yeah. full body massage, right? Those you, tend to be the clients that are more or less with the sheets, right? They're like, no, yeah. no, I don't, you know, I don't care. But and those are the ones that are probably saying, hey, or breast tissue isn't that part of my body? Yeah, isn't that part? Yeah, of my body? And you I don't want to people... make it weird. It's just, it is an awkward situation for you, right? Because you're like, I don't want to turn this into this is something sexual because it's not. But it's, you know, you're just. We're not in a society that's that open to just be like, yeah, sure, of course. Yeah, I mean, I I think people probably, as Mark said, people from other um, cultures probably think that we're like a little too uptight, which we maybe are. I recall a certain time um, getting a couple's massage in the Dominican and uh, I was already a therapist at this time, so I actually wasn't even necessarily looking forward to this because I thought, like, <laughs> oh, what kind of what kind of what kind of massage is this going to be? Like, am I even going to enjoy this? I'm like, ah, I'm on vacation. Like, let me do this. So I'm getting uh, this couple's massage, and I obviously can't see my partner who's on the table beside me. Like, and I'm just getting the treatment. I'm actually like kind of enjoying it. Um, it wasn't bad. And then, yeah, the draping. There was no such thing as draping. This girl literally pulled the sheet all the way down to my the middle of like my posterior thigh. So like my ass is fully out. Like everything is just out. And they're just they're no just bottoms. Working. You were wearing bottoms? No. I we did like hydrotherapy before Oops. that. Like I had nothing on. And yeah. So anyway, and she's working. So after the massage, we're getting off the table. And um, yeah, my husband says like, was your ass out the entire time? I'm like, the entire time. Yeah. And I mean, for us, it was weird. We're like, this I'm is not, leaf, like, <laughs> like, this is not how we yeah. do this. But yeah. I don't know. I guess it was just normal there. Your butt's out the whole time. This is what it's like. You pull up. You walk to the door. The windows are going to be blacked out or the windows are going to have, you know, the generic picture of someone getting a massage. You know, the lady's lying down with the freaking rose in her behind her ear. And it looks like that. Right. So you get you get to the door. You open the door. This takes you inside the place. You're not actually inside the place. You're actually in an enclosed space. And let me start this off. Before you even open that door, guess what? Look up, look right, look left. You're on camera Mm -hmm. because they have cameras pointing at the parking lot. They have cameras pointing at the front door. And I hope to God that this is just a closed circuit type of thing and it's not recording and it's being kept because that's a whole other fucking ball game. Because guess what? My face has now been to about 15 different (laughs) holistic centers. And if they've been recording that shit, I feel really kind of weird about that right now. So I'm hoping I'm crossing. I'm literally crossing my fingers hoping that it's just a closed circuit kind of thing and that way they can see what's going on which automatically should make your ears pop up a little bit like why the fuck do you need to watch the parking lot why do you need to watch your front entrance your back entrance and i know they watch the front entrance back entrance because when i was inside you're able to see into some of the offices that have the monitors on so they're looking all over the place that way they can shut it down when uh the popo comes to the door 
I'm assuming. Anyway, so then you step inside and you're not in the place yet. You're in an enclosed place with another door. And there's always a doorbell with a handwritten sign that says ring, ring bell. bell. Yeah. And you ring the bell. And guess what? You're on camera there too. Because if you look up and you look left, look right, you're on camera. Anyway, you ring the bell. And then you hear the shuffling around on the laminate floor of high heels. Mm -hmm. And there's always a little bit of confusion because you always hear people talking. So you hear a lot of stuff that's going on, a lot of shuffling around. And then someone unlocks the door and opens it and kind of peeks their head around. And yeah, it's not a, it's not a like big open welcome come in it's you know who's there yeah but I, i'll also say some of them actually you walk in and in that enclosed space has a reception desk mm -hmm. and has it but no one's ever fucking sitting there it's just all to make it look like that this anyway so then someone you know kind of looks behind the door and then they they invite you in and it's either one of the attendants that's opening the door or someone that is kind of running the establishment and that opens the door. what are the women wearing that open the door? All right. So I don't know about you, but if I'm going to a holistic center, I'm not expecting to see someone in, I don't know, sexy sleepwear. <laughs> I mean, that's the probably the best way to describe it. In other words, this is an outfit that you get at, at what stag are those? Shop? Stag shop or what's the other one called? Aren't we naughty? Right? <laughs> like another way, this is a places where you where you where you buy like stripper clothes. Right. And again, I am out of the office. I am somewhere in Toronto, Etobicoke, Etobicoke. maybe. Etobicoke. Why isn't it Etobicoke? I don't know. I don't know. It's or Etobicoke. My nephew says Edo Bico. Edo Bico? Yeah. I'm like, like, really? That. It's Etobicoke, buddy. It's Etobicoke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hanging out in Etobicoke. We are in the coolest loft I think I've ever been in. Uh, thank uh, we've you. got a nice view of the highway, and I'm pretty sure if I get my binoculars out, I'm going to see some activity happening in the building across the way. Have you ever done that before, by I've the way? wanted to attempt it it's a little creepy no you know what's the creepy part is when you get the binoculars out and you're looking and someone is looking back at you with binoculars that is so waving. wrong that is that that's why you see the, uh, the <laughs> do you see how the drapes are placed or the the blinds are placed strategic so they can't see up there nice yeah <laughs> you know the railing <laughs> that's awesome um the fact that i smoked that was like okay now if you offered me a cigarette i can have it I won't crave another one for three, four months. It makes no difference. I can have it. I cannot have it. It I makes no difference. I don't know what it is because I smoke and I don't know what it is about cigarettes that I I really want or like. And I I think it's I – don't, I don't know. I think I do it out of boredom. I'm not going to lie. I think it's because it's like this just seems like there's a commercial on TV. Guess what? I'm going to go have a cigarette. Or I use it as a little bit of a reward. I'm doing something at work. I'm editing yep. a podcast or the case. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go this far and have a cigarette. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I, I really got to stop that before my fucking four-year-old picks up that I smoke. Right. I really don't want her knowing that I, that I smoke cigarettes. Yeah, no, you don't want her to. Not at all. No. I used to... Literally, my dad would leave a cigarette in the ashtray as a kid growing up, and I would inhale the smoke from the ashtray and go, <sighs> blow it out on the side because I thought it was so cool. And I'm like, there is, there's still something about the combination of a nice cologne and cigarette scent that because that reminds me of my dad. Yeah. And I think that's why I was so enamored with this guy, like my best friend who was murdered. Like every time you come in, I'd be like, you smell like magic. Was, really? Oh, thanks. I'm like, no, really. You, you smell like magic. You'll. I just outed a butt, and I'm wearing Creed. I'm like, I know, I know. There's something about the combination of the two, right? I'm like, I still like that scent. I was like, you're 
that's carcinogens and more toxins <laughs> from the perfume. I'm like, I know, I just love it. Like, <laughs> can I have one of the scarves? Thanks. Like, How do we bottle this? this? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, we're guests here. Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah, not our guest. Yes. <laughs> guest. So yeah, thank you for having us here. Uh, everyone, it's Amanda, registered massage therapist in Toronto as well. And as Mark said, we drove across the city, um, which it, this part of the city feels like a whole other country to me. I don't, I'm an East Ender. I don't even understand where I am right now. <laughs> but we came all the way here to Muse Massage Spa. If you've been listening to the series we've been doing, we've been talking about... Um, licensed body rub parlors and holistic centers and registered massage therapy and just trying to get an understanding of all of these different things that exist and talk about something that I think that uh, sometimes is a little bit of a touchy subject for, especially for RMTs Mm -hmm. um, or women, women get very touchy around this subject, but we just wanted to understand. Yeah, dudes are always cool with this subject. Yeah, dudes are fine. (laughs) It's, uh, yeah, women get a little bit uncomfortable and I'm not even going to lie, Emily, on the way here, I was like, I don't know why I suddenly feel nervous. (laughs) I feel nervous about going in here. Um, But actually you got a pretty nice place here. We're sitting in Emily's office. So I'm, I'm going to leave it to her. This is uh, Emily, the owner of Muse Massage Spa. And uh, yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Welcome guys. Glad you're here. (laughs) I'm glad you like the place. Um, So a bit about me. I have been in this industry for coming on 17 years now. Um, I worked as an attendant in the holistic sector of the business for about eight years. Um, And Muse is on its nine and a half year mark next month. Right on. So things are great here. We have two locations, uh, one in Toronto and one in Vaughan. Um, and we are both, uh, both spas are licensed body rub parlors. So for me personally, that was a switch from holistic. Um, and now I have a lot more experience and insight into both sides of that argument. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, it's been really eye opening for me to learn about the different parts of the industry. And as I said, this all came about as being a female RMT, we sometimes get Mm -hmm. clients who come in and they'll say things like, so what else do you do? What other (laughs) services do you offer? And uh, I think it's really interesting that, you know, after all the clinical questions I put them through, Mm -hmm. they still don't realize that uh, (laughs) this is as far as we're going here. You know, me and my yoga pants and baggy t-shirt, this is as far as this is going. Um, You say you started out in the holistic center. Mm -hmm. So, how did you get into this? Tell me about that sector of everything. But then I was like, uh, our friend Caesar at the time was looking for, you know, he was like, hey, I'm looking to get out. I want to start my own clinic. And he's a massage da, therapist. He's a massage therapist. And so I, I called him and I was like, hey, man, I go, we actually have an opportunity for you. Why don't we make a clinic here? Right? How many square feet was it? 900 square feet. 900 square feet. It was a decent size. And he was just like, he hung up the phone on me. <laughs> yeah, he literally, he yeah, literally he hung up the phone. And so I go, Yo, man! Wait, like hung up the phone and then like the phone. and then and then end up your door two no, seconds no, later. I hung up the phone like you guys are full of shit. I'm yeah. out of here. Yeah, and I called him yeah. again yeah. and he goes, "Yo, stop!" And I go, "Yo," he goes, "I have clientele." I go, "Honestly, I go, we we have a space available to us. We can make a clinic right now, but it's got to happen and it's got to happen within the next 10, 15 days that we've got to bust this thing down through the Christmas holidays." Yeah. He hung up the phone. And so I called his work at place at the time, and I said, if you hand up the phone me one more time, this opportunity is gone. I'm going to give it to somebody else. And he goes, okay, so seriously, he goes, there's a clinic and available. And so we, you know, that's when we kind of got together, and we said he, he was there. And again, same thing again, bust down the walls. And now we did it prematurely before we got approved to do it. <laughs> so just imagine our landlord yeah. coming back, and he's like, what, what the fuck, the you guys fuck did you guys do? 
It was mess everywhere. It was it was a construction site. He goes, this is beer bottles everywhere, and then he was like, yo, this is guys like this is like not good. Yeah, not a good state to be in. And he was like, you know what? It's Christmas now. You got two weeks to build a clinic. So we had a re-grand opening. But anyway, we worked through the holidays. We're used to doing that now, construction through the holidays. And you know what? We did everything we can. We opened up that clinic. So we did have zero fucking idea how to right. run a clinic. Zero. No. Like none whatsoever. And if you have been listening, you may be aware that we are uh, doing a mini series right now about mental health. This is something that I think is extremely important uh, for many reasons. But one, as most of us are healthcare providers, um, we know that mental health and physical health are just fundamentally related. And to not have an understanding of both, I think, would be a disservice to all of our patients and clients. Um, but as well, most of us know somebody or ourselves have struggled with mental health. And we live in a time now, which it's pretty cool that it's not a taboo thing to talk about. So uh, we are having some guests on to give us less of the science behind mental health. You know, we're not talking to doctors. We're not talking to other healthcare professionals. We're talking to people who live day to day with mental health concerns. So today we're talking to somebody who, for the sake of the recording, we are going to call Lisa, uh, which is not her real name. And uh, Lisa lives in Northern Ontario with her two children. And the reason I wanted to have her on today is, uh, again, if you've been reading the blogs, um, I, I spoke about how I had uh, suffered with postpartum anxiety. And it was the first time in my entire life that I could fully understand and appreciate what somebody with anxiety deals with on a day-to-day basis. And also having to function as a mother, as sort of the, you know, the CEO of your entire household and you know, dealing with your the own your own shit that's going through your head. I just hope that regardless of my outcome, that it'll help somebody else. That's all I can really say. Right on. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thanks for sharing. This was actually really, really hard and I did it with uh, minimal tears in my eyes, but it was hard. And again, I do hope that your podcast somebody hears it i know a lot of people do because i listen to your podcast i do hope that it does help i hope that it sheds some type of light that somebody will reach out to anybody for sure even just helping someone understand it a little bit better you know it's not just go to the doctor go see therapy or take your medication yeah you know it's way complex it's there's nothing about this that's black and white this is just one big fucking gray right and hey at the end of the day if therapy is what helped one person and it's going to help the other go nuts that's fine i applaud anyone who even wants to attempt doing it it's not for me Mm-hmm. I've done it. I've been there. It's not for me. And people say, continue on with it. But if it's going to help someone, go for it. If it's going to help you to call one of those 1-800 numbers, suicidal, go for it. I'm not going to tell anyone not to. If it helps you to go to church, go to church. If it helps you to take a walk and talk it out loud as if you're a crazy motherfucker, then do it. I don't care how you do it. Just let it out. I've to this day, try to let it out. It's just gotten harder for me to let it out because one of my good friends is no longer here. Not that she, she didn't die or anything, just we see differences. And so me opening up to her and her response to it was just completely different. And so that made me back off 
And the only person other than my therapist is a really good friend of mine. And once in a while, I do. I dump a shitload. On, I dump a shitload on him, but it's not fair either to him. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But then he's so great because he talks me out of a lot of shit. So that's awesome. Right on. Did this help you in any way? Understand a little bit? Definitely. I so appreciate you doing this. This is. Thank I, you. I understand how difficult this whole thing probably was. And I appreciate it very much. Thank you. You're very, very welcome. Let me ask you a question. You don't have to answer it if you don't want to. Mm. Do you take drugs? No. Weed? Yeah. Is that a drug? Sure. Okay. I take drugs. It's legal now. Yeah. Okay. I smoke a little weed. Does it Does it make the synesthesia, does it turn it up? Does it turn it down? It turns it up. It turns it up? Yeah, it does. Um, but what weed does for me is it, and, and like probably most people, it kind of amplifies whatever it is you're doing amplifies the enjoyment amplifies the involvement like whatever it is that 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 i'm trying to do I, I there's this tunnel vision that's being created but of course it creates the add but and i'm okay with that because when i want to focus on something i'm okay with tuning everything else out you know right. and that's what we does with me it just kind of like makes me focus um but don't don't try to like for example, if somebody's giving me a lecture or if I'm trying to watch a movie, good luck. I'll, I'll, I will not focus yeah. because that's at the pace that they want me to focus. Right. I have my own pace. So when I'm smoking weed, it's like blank slate. Like put me in a quiet room. Let me go fast, slow. Let me s sit there for a minute and just be on pause and then for the next minute, I'm on overdrive and then I stop when I want to stop and then I do a left turn when I want to do a left turn. But when somebody controls the the um, the activity, whether that's a curriculum, whether that's a lecture, whether that's a movie, then then it's hard to focus mm -hmm. on weed. The reason why I ask is because like when I smoke, mm -hmm. I can tune into music very, very well. Oh yeah. Like it, it, it way differently. Like I can I can throw a headset on right now and put on a track of anything. And yeah, I can tune into what's happening. I can kind of pick out what's going on. But when I smoke and I'm stoned or high or whichever one you want to yeah. call it, mm -hmm. I tune into music way differently. Yeah. And I hear things that I would not have heard before. Yeah. Like I can't remember the last time I was, um, I was really just kind of getting into music and I was, I was smoking. I was listening to what's that, what's that famous Lou Reed song? take a walk on the wild side okay yeah and i was i i never really liked that song before mm -hmm. you know you kind of like it because you hear it all the time and it's kind of cool and stuff mm -hmm. but i smoked mm -hmm. and it happened to be on my playlist on shuffle yeah and i zoned into that and i heard stuff in there that i i didn't really recognize before oh, yeah and i didn't recognize you know the complexity of some of the things that are happening there i didn't recognize the complexity of the strings that right. i didn't even fucking realize that there were strings in there before uh, yeah. it's not to like and so i'm thinking you know if you're here if that happens to you the same way it happens to me but then you also get the the visual with the colors and the yeah. shapes and i do want to modify what i was saying about when i see it when i'm watching a movie or when i'm hearing a lecture or something then it's hard to focus. But music is different. It All bets are off. When music is playing to me, and, I, and of course, I, not any song. It has to be a song that I'm going to enjoy and like. 
I remember the first time I, I appreciated music on weed, and that was when I was at a party. I don't know if you were there with me. Uh, it was it was like there was uh, Jimi Hendrix was playing Purple Haze, and like that song was such a it's like a very primal song. It's a very like a primitive type song. It's a very just four 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 song, just one two three four. Very easy to understand. But I, I remember sitting on the couch and being like at the peak of my high, and then looking at the 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 stereo. And you know how the stereo the has bars. those those lead bars moving. And then like those, that bar was moving, and then I kept watching the bar, and then I was hearing the colors and listening to the song, and like, I I get it now. It's like all of a sudden this realization, like, like music was a whole new, like there was this whole portal that just opened up for me with music that I never. It's like, oh, this is what music is, and it's like, damn, like. I love weed. <laughs> I was like, the setup with the class was, it was just oral practical treatment exams. Like that's all it was. This wasn't a class where you learn stuff. This was, I think they called it synthesis or something like that. And it was just literally all oral practical exams. You show up that day, you do three oral practical exams. So it was like exams. practicing for your own. But it wasn't, it wasn't an OSCE prep. It, I can't, I really, I should find my transcript and find the name of the course. Anyway, so what they do in this class is they, throw away your two lowest OP marks because you've just done a billion OP. So they're like, okay, we'll throw away the two lowest and then we give you the average of whatever it is. And I was a, I was a, a really decent student, right? I always got pretty high grades when it came to school. Anyway, so I had tons of throwaway tests because I've done awesome in all these. And I remember going into this oral practical exam. These are 10 minute long oral practical exams. I didn't even read the STEM. I just walked into the treatment room and I decided I'm going to sit at the head of the table and I'm going to do tapping to Popeman, tapping on the person's forehead for 10 minutes just to see if they stop the exam. Because it's a throwaway. I don't, I don't need this, Mark. So literally, I just like the bell rings, didn't even read the stems, kind of walked in. I had no idea what the stem is actually for. Turn the person to supine, pull up the stool. I sit at the head of the table and I just say, um, you know, if I'm doing anything painful or uncomfortable, please let me know. You do have the right to stop at any time. And I did this and just watched the clock. I was right. You are a fucking ass. <laughs> yep. Did you get stopped? Uh, no. Let me go. 10 minutes. Did there, was, was there a commentary after? Oh, I got a big zero on that. Well, of course you got a zero, but <laughs> good. was there comments? Nope, did anyone just, say anything? Just a zero. My, my instructor did like, you know, he's kind of chuckling the whole time through, but he's, he's not going to stop it because what if I actually did something different? 10 minutes of tapping. <laughs> 10 minutes oh of tapping. God. Was that on... body piss? I, that would drive no, me fucking No, she was just it? laughing. It was just like, it was just, it was like a kind of like, let's not make too much noise while we're laughing because there are other oral practical exams going on, but it was... It was, it was a it was a funny moment, at least for me. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. I thought that was humorous. Uh, okay, well, we're not really hiring. Like we're we're really filled, and everybody's kind of full time. And he's like, really? He's like, because she's she's looking for a place to work. And I was like, well, she could drop off a resume, and you know, if the owner looks for someone, then we can she'll maybe call her. And he's like, what are you talking about needing a resume? And we're like. Yeah, you need a resume when you're applying for a job. Like I'm still not processing on any of this stuff. <laughs> not even when he said my girl is looking no, for a job. Because it's still kind of cool, it didn't even sound mean his sketchy. Daughter. It could it sounded kinda of like he was talking about like his girlfriend. Like yeah, his girlfriend. Could mean his daughter, could mean and, his wife, could mean yeah. his mistress, could mean a lot of things. <laughs> so so he keeps talking and he's still like just not getting over it. I'm like, Yeah, you need a resume because if you get a job then you still need to actually do like a massage demo so you know if you kind of fit with the like the kind of therapeutic aspect of the way our clinic runs 
And he's like, what are you talking about? Like, it's it's just massage. Like, you know, like a rub and tug. And we're like, like uh, no, this is a like actual clinic. Like, this is registered healthcare. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I'm really sorry. Do you know any of them? <laughs> like, and in my head, I'm like, let me pull out my Rolodex of prostitution rings. And I'm like, no. You know what? I actually have one now. Mark has what a Rolodex hell? of prostitution rings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's horrible, but I, I have one now. I can spot I, a rub and tug from a mile away now. Oh, yeah. But do you have the phone numbers and the addresses written down? Uh, uh. Exactly. <laughs> and we have a really cool guest sitting in our office today. This guy happens to be the coolest guest we've ever had. You want to know why? He oh, wow. showed up with cans of Heineken. Hey, cheers, Mark. Cheers, cheers to that. Yeah. I really wanted to get into the balls that it takes to do something like that when you have a family you have people depending on you you have a mortgage and then you know what you just you're not happy where you are at least you're not as happy as you think you can be and you take that and you just go with it I know what that's like. I was working at a school. I was uh, kind of the head of massage therapy for this one particular school in the greater Toronto area. I had my hand in three different campuses. I did that for about eight years. Got really unhappy probably in the last five. That, well, I guess I wasn't happy for most of it. And then I just decided one day I'm going to jump off the cliff. I remember going home to my wife and I had this look on my face. And she's, she's like, what's wrong with you? And I, I sat on the floor of the kitchen. Which I never like. I never would be in the kitchen period because I don't cook. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I do dishes. I, I load the dishwasher really well, but I don't cook. So I'm now on the floor of the kitchen, and I'm. I probably look like I'm almost in tears. And she's like, "What's wrong?" And I was like, "I'm so fucking unhappy." Yeah. She's like, "What?" I'm like, "I'm quitting." She's like, "What are you talking about?" And I said, "I'm quitting. I'm quitting tomorrow. Like this is going to happen asap." Wow. And she's like, "Are you sure that's what you want to do?" Like, like money like everything else and i was like you know what doesn't matter we're gonna find a way to make this happen and uh we jumped off the cliff and been happy about it ever since starving artist yeah like what kind of artist are you painting pictures you know scripts writing you scripts yes exactly. i just took a stab writing at scripts yeah. yeah yeah so three are sitting on shelves in hollywood and nothing's ever happened with them and i'm still working on one right now that's whoa, whoa, a passion whoa, project whoa. for let's, the last three years let's but. back all this up Someone has purchased these off you? No, they they went to the studios for review. Okay. And then I'm sitting back, we're going back and forth on what are you going to pay me for first rights, second rights, options, are you characters. Op- are you open to say what studios or you can't? I don't, I don't know. I, I think I'll refrain from it right now. Okay. Just uh, probably not a big deal, but yeah. No, it, it might be a big deal. Like, for example, I used to play music, right? Yes. And so one of the things in music that you can get, or you used to get, because the music industry is so fucked up now, record company tries to take everything. It's something called a 360 deal. Have you heard of this? No, I have not. I'll tell you about a 360 deal in a bit. But um, I used to play in this band called Secret Suburbia. You've, you've I've seen you play. play. And um, at the time, our management we had real, real managers that managed like like hardcore bands and they were shopping around us to the different record labels for a deal. And we actually got offered a development deal from Warner and from Universal Canada, right? So the two, yeah, the two major ones, yeah. right? And it's like a development deal essentially is they give you a shit ton of money. And they say we, they try to lock you into contracts. So it's essentially they hear some songs that they like, that they really like, and they see potential there. So they give you a shit ton of money. 
and you're signed to them, but the deal is you need to produce for them like three or four more songs. And if they like what they hear, they'll give you a full deal. Yeah. But in this development deal, once we, you know, I give you this money and we sign off on that, you're going to give us more tunes. You can't shop around to anybody else. You can't talk to anybody else. So I kind of understand that if your stuff is sitting with studios, maybe you can't say anything about it. Yeah. Um, I wonder if they even remember that they're sitting on the shelves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a long time ago. Were these for movies or sitcoms? It was for, or? They were full-on movies, yeah, features. So, like, these are full scripts that you've done? Yeah, they're fully finished, and yeah. Uh, yeah, no, they were just, um, they're sitting there. So, and that was it. I stopped chasing after it once my son was born. Yeah. Uh, and that was 11 years ago. So, basically, art came to a screeching halt around that time. Um, but I still have been able to as the kids are getting older get back into it and there was like a you know how it is as an artist there's a that desire that you've got to just keep recreating like whether or not it's getting out there or not it's going to keep happening yeah did you um did you go anywhere to learn to write scripts so i my my degree is in english literature okay so that and then i did do a lot of um I wouldn't say there were formal classes, but I did speak to a lot of people that were in the film industry, people that had been around it, that had written scripts. And I was doing a lot of research and hanging around in that kind of world yeah, yeah. in my early 20s. Uh, and it was a fantastic experience. It was just great. And I did pick up a lot on how to write the proper um, approach that I bought, the proper software, Final Cut, yeah, yeah. and all that kind of stuff so that I was doing it in the proper uh, format as well. And uh, then I was just reading a ton of scripts. I was told, if you want to write, read a ton. So I read every Stanley Kubrick script. Uh, I got into Tarantino. Um, and I was reading because that was more avant-garde, more cutting edge, you know, different. And I wanted to get that aspect of it as well. And it was a blast. I, I loved it. And I, it's, it's something that I love to do and it's fun. Yeah, I because I asked this because in the last five years of me working at that school, just for shits and giggles, I just started writing scripts. Mm -hmm. Like I started, I, I came up with the concept of a sitcom because I thought, well, you know, sitcoms, there, no one does sitcoms. And I came up with this concept of the sitcom and then I started reading all these sitcom scripts, like anything that I can find online, like Friends and How I yeah. Met Your Mother and all this, this, just to see what the format is like. And then I started writing scripts in that format. I probably wrote like four or five episodes just oh, for on. shits and giggles. Yeah, just yeah, to yeah. And I actually had a whole bunch of my friends come over. I'm like, okay, you're this character, you're this character, you're this character. Because in my, in my head, yeah. exactly. Exactly. In my head, yeah. this is what it sounds like, but I want to hear other people yeah. do it. Yes. And so I, they just they just entertained me for hours reading my scripts. And I, I don't think anyone had a good time except for me that night. <laughs> but anyway, it's a Friday night. It's 921. We've got four grown adults hanging out on a king-size bed. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I'm going to just leave it at that. You guys can continue. Hey, everyone. It's Amanda. Uh, as Mark said, it's episode number six of the Unprofessional Hour. And tonight we are doing something a little different, not only because we're not in the office. We're actually uh, sitting on a king-size bed. That was true. And it is late and we are drinking wine. But tonight, instead of uh, just talking to RMTs, we've got a couple of personal trainers hanging out on the bed with us. We've got Veronica and Pablo. <clears throat> not their real names. And they're actually a couple. So this could be <laughs> really, really interesting. So, hey, guys, thanks for hanging out on the bed tonight. Hello, hello. And Almost you are Veronica. Veronica. Yes, this is Veronica here. Hola, Pablo. Trainer, 10 years. Hola, yo soy Pablo. I am Pablo. <laughs> okay, Personal trainer okay. in eight years. <laughs> I, I only speak English. So. <laughs> <laughs> Who invited this guy? So we had this this kid that used to come to the gym. You could tell he was a little off. I don't know exactly what was wrong, but in high school, we went to high school with him too. Well, I went to high school with him. And we used to call him Simba because he always ran around the halls. Like, And when he ran around the, the halls, he would roar a lot, which 
Anyways, it's not related to the story. We called him Simba in high school. So at the gym. I get it. <laughs> it took a while. I'm like, oh, Lion King. Lion King. It took Simba. a while because Mark never saw any Disney movies until Stop he was this. children. That no. explains a lot, Mark. Right? It probably does, eh? We're going right. to go watch Lion King, you and I. So sheltered. <laughs> Um, so he got caught, this uh, young gentleman, in the bathroom jerking off in a corner. And as someone was looking at him going like, what are you doing? He's jerking off. He's like, don't look at my shit. Don't look at my shit. Stop looking at my shit. We're like, uh, you could not be doing that. He was in the corner in the bathroom, like by himself. Aww. It's not like he was looking at other men doing it, but he's like, "Don't look at my shit." <laughs> so we would do that. You by know, the way, for everyone listening, she's doing actions. <laughs> I wish you can all see me. And, like, don't look at my shit. And I'm looking at your shit. <laughs> I used to just for shits and giggles look on Craigslist. Um, Misconnections. <laughs> I remember. You're laughing because yeah, we all right? exactly. So the 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 man for man misconnections because because that that shit just makes me laugh. And so it would be always like, I saw you, blonde guy, six foot tall. You know, I saw you in the shower. You were looking at me. This is our, Amanda. This you're, is looking, your you're, you're looking a little worried there. Right this now. is your husband. So when I used to watch or watch listen to Z103, I think they do misconnections. I'm like, who actually reads this th- these things? They Mark still Dan, do. Mark Mark because up. Mark missed his old childhood, so he goes to watch mis- without watching Disney movies. <laughs> he has to resort to misconnections. By the way, whether we keep it or cut it out, uh, Veronica just outed us. I know. We went 59, 59 episodes. episodes with nobody knowing that we were married. Unbelievable. Unreal. <laughs> Well, I know you pretty well. It's kind of hard not to say. Fucking Veronica. You're a bitch. <laughs> and it's another Friday night. We don't have four grown adults hanging out on a king-size bed. We've got three, and we've got a voyeur in the corner. It's kind of, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm a little uncomfortable, but um, I can make this work, I guess. So there's uh, three of us hanging out. Amanda and, uh, are we using your name on this? You are. And top of the, she's got a glass of wine going on. Amanda, you look empty-handed. Nope. There we go. And uh, we are going to drop a recording for you guys. Amanda and Tabitha did something really cool, something that I would never do um, the other day. You guys did like a float tank or something, right? Yep, that's what we did. Hello, everyone. It's Amanda. And um, yeah, I got an invitation to do a free... Uh, float, uh, like a sensory deprivation float in a tank filled with 900 pounds of Epsom salts in water. Doesn't sound fun. And uh, my initial instinct was to invite Mark to come along and try it out with me because it was no. for myself and a guest. No way. And um, as he said, he would never in a million trillion years do something ridiculous like that. So I have I, no reasons for not wanting to do something <laughs> Well, like yeah, that. We'll, get, we'll get to that. I invited uh, Tabitha, who's actually my cousin slash BFF slash other half of my brain because Aww. we've uh, we've been attached to the hip since I was born and you were nine months old from the get-go she's a, little, she's a little older than me just a little just a little <laughs> bit and anyway so i invited tabitha to go floating with me and i'm actually surprised that she came along because uh her and mark although they fight like brother and sister have a lot of similarities and i never thought in a million years that she would go into a tank with no lights and no sound and float for an hour darkness but she did i did it's gonna sound stupid but does it make you feel like 
you're really kind of fortunate, like you're happy because you're fortunate because you're alive or does it make you bitter and angry? Like why the fuck is this? Why, why me? Well, I, yeah, that's a good question. Cause I, I asked that question throughout my whole life. That was one of the, those were one of the things I told my mom growing up. I'm like, why did, why did I live? Yeah. Like, why am I alive? What's my purpose? Why am I here? I can't do this. I can't do that. I fail on every exam and test. I have no friends. I have no girlfriend. This was going through high school. There's, what's my purpose here? Even to be alive, like breathe, walk around, blink. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have, and then you have all these healthcare professionals saying what you can't do. Well, that I can't do. So already I'm, um, I've, it's it's judging and labeling, and that I've always disagreed with. I never like being labeled and judged, because that's it's been my whole life of what it's been like. Nine times out of ten on the on the forums, when people say, "Well, how do you get somebody to rebook? How do I improve my rebooking rate?" Everybody's favorite answer at the end of the session: always ask if they'd like to rebook. Man, if you're waiting till the end of the session to ask. You already failed, Damn. especially if you're trying to sell an actual therapy plan or a protocol like that. The selling is to be done actually throughout the entire session so that by the end of the session, they already are on sure. board and there is no awkward moment, right? Like if you think back to any date you've been on, like think of a Think of a first date that you went on and if you waited <laughs> to the end of the night to kiss her, that's awkward as shit, right? You're standing like, it's like the typical thing where in the fifties where the dude's walking her home and they're standing in front of her door and he leans in for a kiss. It's awkward as hell. <laughs> it's the same thing there, man. I'm like, laughing. But then you contrast. I'm that. laughing because <laughs> you gotta you, be you, you've seen wedding crashers, right? And uh, that yeah, one yeah. scene when Vince Vaughn is talking to, I guess, his receptionist or his office administrator, and you know he's talking about you know going on a blind date, and that moment at the end, what is what are we doing here? Are we going to make out? Are we going to kiss? What are we going to do? The the the, the ass out <laughs> hug, you know, I want to get in close but not too close. That <laughs> awkward moment, I totally get it. Yeah, exactly, man. <laughs> and so, but how do you avoid that? So then you look at a date that went really, really well, and what happened? You guys are out, you're having fun. You know, you're probably sitting next to each other. The touching escalates, right? Like you might touch her on the shoulder, tease her a little bit. You might put her, put your hand around her arms and then kind of – it's like a push-pull yep. type of thing, right? You guys are a little bit more active. You're, and, and then all of a sudden, what happens? The kiss just happens like out when you're out having drinks or when you're out doing yeah. on a walk. It doesn't happen. It happens naturally during the date. And it's the same thing. If you can take that same process and apply that toward rebooking, I know I'm going to get, I, I get a lot of static because they're like, are you really relating a date and kissing and having sex to a massage? No, it's a metaphor. So like understand that it's an, an analogy, yeah. right? Like, but the, but the, the point is the same. You're dealing with human relationships. That's right. You're dealing with human relationships because you're forming a relationship with this person. It's just the outcome. The intended outcome is different. The outcome isn't to, to have sex. The outcome is to get them to rebook. Because I wanted to take massage therapy to through CCMH and when I was 20, when it was up in Sutton. They kind of talked me out of it and scared me. I was scared to take it. Um, they told me that it was a very intense program and, and so on and so forth. And I, I was scared and I said, okay, maybe this is not really for me. So I bought a restaurant. <laughs> so, 
So, <laughs> which seems way more scary. Way more way. scarier, yes. And You're obviously not afraid to take risks, but maybe, yeah, maybe it just wasn't the right time for you. So you bought a restaurant. How did you come up with the name Salt Vault? Uh, it went back, and <clears throat> it's, it's just, it's just kind of funny. I don't. So I'd like to, I don't these know guys are looking at each other. Like, yeah, should we, should we well, say this? Not, should we not? It's not that because there's there's something special that's going to be happening next year. That's all we have to say. Okay. Yeah, but uh, Soap Vault is uh, obviously soap, and yep. somewhere safe to store that information. And again, we started with just soap notes, but right. you know, Soap Vault's become far more than just that. It's you know, it's 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 evolved into practice management software, and uh, and the vision for the continued evolution of that is. You know, there's there's a lot coming down the pipe for that. That uh, you know, even the word soap fault doesn't really represent what the company really? does anymore. So, what what were some of the other names you kicked around? Just out of curiosity, uh, honestly, eleven years ago, no idea, no idea. I can't, yeah, I can't even remember. There was no drunken nights in like trying to figure out what are we gonna call this. No, thing? what are we gonna call this thing? Yeah, and and, and the thing is that at the, end of the time it wasn't as bad to get a dot com, right? True. Yeah. And now it's really hard to get a dot com. Yeah. And so. Um, so that was soap fault. No one had taken it. But the problem with the word soap is that some you get emails and specifications <laughs> from soap companies, right? And, and then some, some, and then you're at, and believe it or not, we're at, uh, we've, we've done enough conferences in the States and the level of education is quite different than it is here. Yep. And people have come up to us and said, so what is this soap? Like, they think <laughs> where did product. you get soap from? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a product that you're selling. And so it's, it's always an, an eye opener when you're in the States. So it, it is an evolution of the product and the product is going to continue to evolve. Right. So the, the name, honestly, again, can't remember where, where it came up for and, and how we hashed it out. And, and, but that was the two things. Maybe two or three days after she had a rash all over her torso. And I thought, okay, that's strange. So I brought her to, the doctor and the initial diagnosis was roseola. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't so much question. I was like, okay, it could be. I'm like, I feel like she's a little old, but you know, things happen atypically all the time. Okay, fine. It could be roseola. And I said to the doctor though, but isn't roseola typically like the fever and then the fever breaks and then the rash. Right. And I was like, I don't feel like this, but again, maybe it's just atypical. So we left. And a few days later, um, not even a few days, two days later, um, the rash was changing. Like it was still there, but it was changing and the fever was still there. And now she was at the point where, as same as Isaiah, wasn't eating anything, like absolutely anything, Um, just wanted to sleep all day. Mm -hmm. She was laying in my bed and she would literally sleep all day. Um, She had really red bloodshot eyes and she... Uh, when I brought her back in the second time, it was because her tongue was red and bumpy. And I brought her back in. And um, actually, the part of the story I left out, the first time we went, when he diagnosed as roseola and I questioned it, he was listing a bunch of different childhood viruses that it could have been, right. things that are associated with rashes. And one of them he mentioned was um, hand, foot, and mouth disease. Yeah. So the scientific name for hand, foot, and mouth disease, I believe is pronounced like Coxsackie. I don't even yeah. want to get into that name. That's just, I don't even, who decided to name that? <laughs> but when he said that, this this doctor actually, um, he speaks very fast. And when he said that, I heard Kawasaki. Oh, okay. Which is really bizarre because I didn't even know what Kawasaki was, but that's what I heard right. when he said that. So fast forward, I brought her back in and 
he was once again going through all of the things that it could be. I took it upon myself like you to Google Kawasaki disease. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yes, red bloodshot eyes. Yes, the red swollen tongue, the, you know, lethargic, uh, no appetite, like all of these things were there. And so I said to him, you know, you mentioned Kawasaki disease. Are you still thinking that's a possibility? He said, no, I never said Kawasaki disease. Mm. He said, I thought, I said, Coxsackie. Yeah. Like, and then he explained to me that's hand, foot and mouth. I'm like, oh, okay, sure. So, but there's no, like nothing on her hands or her feet, but again, could be atypical. Right. Um, and he looked at her tongue again. He said, no, that's not strawberry tongue, which again, you'll get into as one of the symptoms because it, he said, if it was strawberry tongue, it would be really, really swollen. That I thought was very bizarre. I was like, okay, so we are willing to accept that it could be, you know, hand, foot and mouth, even though she's missing symptoms. We're willing to accept that it could be roseola, even though it didn't present the way typical roseola presents, but we're going to push aside Kawasaki because her tongue isn't swollen enough. Right. And this is a problem. Never had any kind of experience like this before, ever, ever, ever. And I'm laying, they had a room in their house where they did body work and saw clients while the little kids were like in the next room playing Super Mario Brothers on the Nintendo. You know, like it was a very like chill kind mm -hmm. of family environment. And I'm laying there on this inflatable mattress on top of a massage table. I never got undressed. There was no oil. There's no sheets. There's no draping. She had all kinds of strange things in her office that I'd just never seen before. And she proceeds to do all these craniosacral holds. Again, I had no idea, but she was explaining to me, oh, I'm monitoring this flow of your cerebral spinal fluid. I was like, <laughs> okay, lady, I don't feel like you're doing anything, but I believe you, right? <laughs> so, and then she's like, oh, okay, did you feel that release? Oh, that's better. I'm like, I didn't feel shit. <laughs> I didn't feel anything. But I thought it was fascinating that she could. At least she seemed very convinced that she could. Mm -hmm. You know, and then she moves to my feet and my ankles and she does this unwinding and she starts telling me all these things about my body. And I had just met her. I didn't mm. even do an intake. Uh, she didn't ask me anything. And the most surprising thing, she's talking about my ankles and she's like, seems like you like really sprained maybe your right ankle or something. And I was like, um, I totally did. And how did you know that? You know, like weird. Now she's really got my attention. Then she moves and does an abdominal, like a thoracic not thoracic, uh, you know, respiratory yep. diaphragm hold. And she starts telling me, she's like, cause you've got a lot of tension in your abdomen. Like, have you been doing a lot of sit-ups? And I'm like, <laughs> no. And I'm just laying there thinking, this is so weird. I just need help for my shoulder, you know? And she, she, I, I was laying there and all of a sudden I felt like she was pulling a black tennis ball out of my abdomen. It felt like this big black ball of tar. And I really it was the most bizarre thing I've ever, I think, experienced in my life. And I was pretty open to like spiritual experiences at that age, you know, like I, I was a little <laughs> blue -blue growing up, you know, and, and, um, and I felt like she pulled this black tennis ball out of my body and I totally started sobbing. I had this full blown emotional release. And now I'm like, okay, really lady, oh, wow. what are you doing? And she, she said, well, what are you feeling? I said, I don't know. She said, sure you do. I said, I, 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 I'm, I'm just, I'm angry. She's like, okay, great. What are you angry about? And I was like, I don't know. And she's like, well, who should I ask? <laughs> and it was like, she gave, she just walked me through this awakening experience, which was realizing. So my parents were going through a divorce right. at that time. And I was really angry with my mother. I, I, I blamed a lot of things on my mother. I didn't really know what was going on, but I just thought my mom was the problem or something. So I felt this anger and she's over my liver and tells me how your body handles your emotions. And in Chinese medicine, your liver and gallbladder or anger and resentment. I mean, it was like this holy moly moment 
of self-discovery of realizing that my body was taking care of emotions that I wasn't even aware of, let alone right. dealing with, like that my physical body had intelligence was absolutely life altering realization for me. Purchasing um, recreational cannabis and then having difficulty potentially crossing the border into the States. Yes. Mm -hmm. So th that's a very big issue right now. Um, and, and especially because Canada as a country has legalized it. So mm -hmm. they're being very, um, very careful at the border. Um, so don't, even if you have a medical prescription, don't take your cannabis to the States. Don't fly with your cannabis um, outside of the country. Within Canada is okay as long as it's in the original packaging that it came in because that packaging is essentially your prescription. It's got your name on it, the, mm -hmm. who prescribed it, how much is on there, all that stuff. So within Canada is okay. Don't take it internationally because it's only legal in Canada, not in the country that you're going to. So unfortunately for these patients, um, who need their cannabis, if, I, if they're going to the States, I tell them if it's a state that has legalized medical cannabis, you can find something similar there and use it for the duration of the time that you're there. But unfortunately, do not carry it over with you. And also don't give the border guys a reason to pull you over. So mm -hmm. just before the border, don't just hotbox your car. <laughs> <laughs> um, so don't give them a reason. As long as they don't have a reason to pull you over, they won't. We've always had a sensitive area uh, consent form. I never used it because um, we have something called the Healthcare Consent Act. Right. Consent is consent. So I'm not sure why we have to sexualize areas. I can sexualize any area of the body if I wanted to. And by signing a form, it's not going to protect anyone. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to call out the profession on this one, though. And, and I'll tell you why I'm going to call it the profession. And I'll go back to the surveys when I said the surveys. So wait, you disagree with the, um, the, the consent form? Oh, 100%. Okay. 100%. But it's part of the problem is, is the, the profession itself. They had their opportunity. So the CMTO sent out a draft form of what this is going to look like. And I had, I had a big problem with the draft because part of that draft was they, they, were, they were outlining when you can assess and treat these areas. So they were, they were pretty much saying only touch these areas or only even suggest that you're yeah. going to assess or treat these areas if this is here or this is here or this is here or this is here. In other words, taking away, you know, the autonomy for the patient or right. for the, for the clinician to decide, like, you know, right. what am I doing in these areas and why? But go ahead. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So, so they sent it out and they sent out a draft form. And they got a response, and I'm, I'm not—I can't remember off the top of my head because it's, it's between 2,500 and 3,000 people responded right. out of 14,000. They barely changed that draft form. Hardly anything changed, and part of the reason was—and I'll go to the sensitive areas—and and again, I'm just—I'm from what I can remember, I haven't looked it up. But on that survey, when we were talking about getting consent uh, for those sensitive areas, it was like 40-something percent opposed it, and they only had. Not even a third, no, whatever my math is, like 20% of the, not even 20%, 15% of the profession even reply to this. So then you fast forward to the the initiation of this and, and they all of a sudden they just, it almost as they sprung it on the profession and said, oh, this is what we're going to be doing. And the and the RMTs are going, what? And they sent out a petition. I don't know if you, if you saw that yeah, petition. Saw petition. Over 14,000 people signed it. And I said... Uh, guys, a little too late. Yeah, too where, late. Yeah, where were you to give the CMTO feedback? But what pissed me off about the CMTO is that they hardly changed the draft. 
And when they came out with, and, and you have to realize, this is, this is our governing body, and they've changed their forms now. But when they, and their forms were up there for a, a good six months. What their consent form specifically said, I give blank therapist, ABC therapist, the consent or the permission to touch, not to treat or assess, to touch. And then you had to check off my breasts, mm-hmm. upper inner thigh, gluteal, and chest wall. So who in their right mind is going to sign a form that says, I give consent to touch my breasts? Yeah. It's, not even, it's not even professional. And, and this is what I have problems. I mean, if you go through the CMTO's website, there are mistakes within the CMTO. Yeah. And there are, are mistakes in their forms. And, and so they've put this as a standard of practice. The standards of practice haven't been updated forever. And uh, so you got the standards of practice. They put this as a standard of practice. It's not written like any other standard. It's 17 pages. Mm-hmm. All the other standards are one or two pages. This is seven, and it's not even the same format. Why the hell is it in the standards of practice? Yeah. It's not even in the consent section. And then you got acupuncture in there now on top of that too. So you got acupuncture and the special areas consent or consent. And then you have all the other standards of practice. Makes no sense from an uh, organizational standpoint. So I blame the profession. I blame the CMTO from doing such a lousy job of, of rolling this out. I want to ask you again about blaming the profession. Do you think that the CMTO does these things, the surveys and stuff? Well, one, they have to because they're an organization. Yeah. But do they actually? Do you think they actually even care about the feedback? Or this is just a formality? We got to check off the box that says we surveyed our members about anything that we're anything new we're going to do or any changes we're going to make. We don't really care about the feedback that's coming in. Hmm checkbox, we've done this. Because I went to the focus groups when they were doing revamping the quality assurance program. And so those focus groups happened in February. And, you know, they started it off with the self-assessment tool. And, you know, in the focus group, they're like, yeah, it's a working model. This is, you know, we're looking for feedback on this. And then when they came out with it, absolutely no different than than what they were showing the focus groups in February, despite whatever feedback they were getting. So do you think it's just like, hey, we got to check off the box? I think think it's a a checkbox and I, I think they were probably relieved when when you got the special uh, special consent. I think they were really relieved that only 2,500 to 3,000 responded and only 40% had a problem with it. So you really reduce that number now to, yeah. you know, uh, say 1,500 to 1,000 to 1,500 and you're going to go, okay, that's not a mandate to not go ahead with this. So right. <clears throat> I think on some respect, they're, they're probably happy because they, they get to push through what they, their policy is. So that's how you blame the profession for not speaking out when these things are there for you to speak out. So now you've decided breast implants, this is going to happen, right? Right. Do you tell people this or is this something that you're just kind of keeping it hush-hush? I didn't. I didn't tell people. You told nobody, right? No. And I know it's one of those things that obviously they're going to know. Right. But I didn't tell anyone. And, you know, people don't notice right away. Maybe you just, I wear you know, kind of baggy clothes at work, uniform. And so nobody really noticed right away. It wouldn't be until you wear a bikini or whatnot. So has anybody just come, I'm sure they have, but do people just come out and ask you? Like, I get that a lot. Yeah. 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 I don't think I could ever do that. I think even if I was questioning, like, are they, aren't they? I I don't know if I could ask. I made a huge mistake. Oh, he did. Oh, Uh -oh. please, please talk about it. Oh yeah. Because, you know, I, I, I was trying to find people that I know to be on this podcast that I think would be open enough to talk Wait, about Wait, before it. he tells the story, yes. before he even reached out to anybody, I said, be careful. Anybody you mm-hmm. send a message to, make sure they have told you that, that you know they for have sure. had plastic it's surgery. It's like the times when you ask a woman if she's pregnant. Yeah, just make uh, sure. And I, yeah, and I don't do that anymore because I, I've asked somebody and I 
was 100% sure she was pregnant. And she said, no, she just gained weight. And I said, never again. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm never not doing again. That. Yeah, well, I did that. I, unless I mean, you're in the hospital giving birth <laughs> and not Mark's asking. I fast, totally did that. In Mark's, anyway, go ahead and tell the yeah, story. Yeah, so, so <laughs> I, I fire off a text. I'm like, yeah, we're gonna we're doing an interesting podcast series on cosmetic surgery and plastic surgery, and you know, I was wondering if you're willing to come in and, and speak about your experience. And you know, probably a good 15 minutes went by with the you know the little bubbles that come up or little like I know she's she didn't, she didn't know what to yeah, say. To you. She's writing yeah. something, and then like 15 minutes. Later, I get back. I don't have any experience with that, and I'm like, "Oh, sorry." Oh, so let's just what I was this do you think is. she didn't, or do you think maybe she just didn't want to admit to it? I don't know. Um, so I know her not as well as Mark, but I've met her a handful of times. I actually never thought she had implants, but what I was starting to say was, in Mark's defense, somebody said to him. Oh, yeah, she's had work done. And I guess he just took it very seriously. Right. I didn't think so. I just think she was born lucky, that girl. I'm not agreeing with the receptionist fucking with your income. One thing when I did work in clinics, one thing I never did was be an asshole to the receptionist. Because, yeah, yeah, they do have the control. When they answer the phone, if you are not the only therapist there and they don't like you, why the fuck are they going to fill your schedule? I was always sweet as pie to the receptionists. And they all liked me. sweet as pie? I'm not a fake person. I can't be a fake person. I'm not a fake person. When somebody's just downright rude, I all over my face. Yeah, I mean, you can't be be fake. But, I mean, I would not... I would never disregard the receptionist. Right. You know, when yeah. I came in, it was I would always say good morning. Yeah. If I was getting no, a this coffee, was somebody I'd that was just coffee. like you know, like we were just going through nice. the change, and like every day was a nightmare for her, and like nothing was right. So if you just did one, can you please reschedule this client? Oh my god, yeah, the whole know, day was I, blown. I did work at a place, you know, it wasn't, the, just, and that's I one just, out of I many didn't get it. That were great. It's like it's like if I had to leave for whatever reason and mm-hmm. really good reasons, like she would get upset. I'm like. Like, slow down. You don't own the clinic. This is not affecting you in any way, shape, or form. (laughs) But there are those clinics that have started, like, say, 15, 20 years ago, and that is the same receptionist that is with that chiropractor. And they almost become a married couple. So he kind of takes advantage of her because she's been there forever and willing to put up with his shit. And she's bitter and resentful. (laughs) And now takes it out on some of the other staff. <laughs> so there's it's that. Highly specific. It's, it's it's the <laughs> tiny little private clinics that end up being that little you know microcosm of what's happening. I I actually feel bad too because. I had a girlfriend when I was in massage school and we used to have like, she was also in school at the time. And we, we, (laughs) we used to have like study groups and we, we'd go to, sorry. Is that the dental hygienist? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, And we'd go to, um, like we'd have people over at my house and, and we'd have a study group and she'd come over and she would be like, I'm just going to go study in this room here. And I feel I feel so bad saying this now. And like people that I was studying with, they're like, this is kind of awkward. Like I find her distracting. Right. Do you mind asking her, her to leave? leave? Ooh, and I would no, be that like, would be mean. Oh, but I did. Her own place? You told her no, to leave? But it was my place. And uh, yeah, I, <laughs> in retrospect, that's probably a bad idea. <laughs> but yeah, I would have like, yeah, uh, they, they're not really comfortable with you just sitting here doing your thing. They feel distracted. Right. Can you, can you, can you move it on? What was distracting oh. about her sitting there? I, I don't know, man. I just, it just made me think of this now. I feel really bad. But sometimes there are relationships that just aren't meant to be long term. You know, everything's a reason, a season, yeah, a lifetime. For sure. For sure. For sure. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha 
<laughs> Some of us are just easier to, you know, I'm sorry. check things off and I move on. I kicked you out of the house while we study. <laughs> it's really not nice. And that's a wrap on highlights from season one of Two Massage Therapists and a Microphone. How'd you feel listening to that again? Uh, it made me want to go back and listen to a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Hopefully it made you guys want to go back and listen <laughs> to a whole bunch of stuff. There were so many of those interviews that I, like I forgot about so many of these things. So it was kind of fun to go back and listen to some of the earlier interviews that we did. And uh, I, I noticed that I was missing from quite a few of the early interviews, such as having little children, but it's been fun to be around for a lot more lately. And hopefully I'll continue to be around for a lot more. And uh, if you're not already, don't forget to follow us on all of our social media platforms. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Two RMTs and a Mic. You guys have been listening to Two Massage Therapists and a Microphone. Peace.